Father God, take my words and speak through them. Take our ears and our hearts and open them wide to receive your word for us today. Amen. Well, it's been a funny time, hasn't it? And no less funny for the fact that people are starting to go out and about more. We're starting to not literally bump into each other in the street, because most of us are still being quite careful about that. But we're seeing more people. And as we're seeing more people, I wonder how often you hear the greeting, Hi, how are you? I've heard it a lot this week. And the usual expected response is, I'm fine, thanks, or great, or not so bad, mustn't grumble. And on we go with our day. For those people who haven't seen anyone for a while, hi, how are you, can really count as a conversation. But I think if it's said in passing as we rush on down the street, actually, it's perhaps not really that at all. And I found a website that said, how are you, in English, is actually not classed as a, a question at all. They've decided it's a greeting, much more like good morning. There's an expected response, but no one's really asking how we are. And so I wonder if we ask ourselves, as it comes out of our mouths, and it trips so readily off the tongue, doesn't it? Hi, how are you? Do I really mean it when I ask the question? And am I ready to hear the actual answer? We might all ask ourselves the opposite. Next time someone says it to me, am I ready to tell the truth? Or will I just respond with, oh, fine, thanks? In that example of two people passing quickly in the street, there is no real communication. It's just polite acknowledgement of each other's presence. Does either of those people leave that encounter enriched by what has happened? If we're really honest, it can actually feel quite the opposite, can't it, as someone rushes past us? Certainly unfulfilling. But the reality is, in modern life, we are so often in a hurry. We're on our way to our next appointment. We mustn't be late or we'll miss our slot. We cannot stop to chat. And it is always good to acknowledge one another, however fleeting that acknowledgement is. Perhaps we should just not default to, hi, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Because then it becomes just a transactional set of phrases. Polite conversation, if you will. And polite conversation is not what we as Christians are really supposed to be about. Because our Christian faith is all about the incarnation. It's about physical and real presence. God so wanted more than a transactional relationship that he drew close to us in the person of Jesus Christ and broke every single polite convention that there was. Just look at Jesus's life the way he was born, the way he spoke to people. And in today's passage, we are reminded that Jesus broke the biggest convention of all, the one that says death is the end. But like I said, it is Mary Magdalene's day, and I would like to talk about her because she is at the heart of today's reading. 
And I suggest, actually, that we might take her and how she behaves today as something of a role model for the way our conversations could be deeper. She doesn't do it by herself, though. It's about partnership, but we'll come to that in a minute. And so at the start of our reading, we find Mary. She's come to the tomb. She's found it empty. She's run to tell Peter, and we presume John, actually, from the one that um, Jesus loved. And then they have raced together back to the tomb to see if what she has said is true. And they both look inside, Peter and John, and they leave. I don't know if you noticed, but there was a missing section from the reading today. What I read to you is what the lectionary asked, which is verses 1 and 2, and then verses 11 to 18. And that bit in the middle, verses 3 to 10, is the bit really about Peter and John and what they do at the tomb. But I've often wondered that at the end of that section, in verse 8, it says that John went into the tomb and believed. And I've often wondered exactly what it was in that moment that John believed, because it says there that he saw and believed, but then is immediately followed by, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. And then they just go, leave, not in a rush, not going and telling people like Mary does at the end of our gospel reading today. They just leave. The text actually says they returned to their homes. If I'd met the risen Jesus, I'm not sure I'd have gone home quietly <laughs> in a sentence that could have been summed up as, and she returned home. And so I've often wondered if they simply actually believed Mary that the tomb was indeed empty. Otherwise, I'm not sure that John, the gospel writer, would have felt the need to put that bit in about they did not yet understand the scripture that Jesus would rise from the dead. But all that is really rather an aside. But Peter and John in this reading remind me a little of that passing conversation in the street. That, hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. Gone. Whereas Mary and what comes next shows us something much deeper. We read that Mary stays. She stays alone at the tomb and she stands weeping outside. I wonder for how long. How long did she stay there? And that's the first thing I think she can teach us about conversation. We do actually have to stop. If we want that conversation to be deeper, we must stop, not rush on past. But however long she did stay, there comes a moment where she bends down and she looks in the entrance to the tomb and she sees those two angels. And they ask her what might be a fairly obvious question. Why are you weeping? But notice that they do not ask, hi, how are you? I think they ask a much better question, a question that expects an actual answer, not just a polite small talk. And Mary responds in kind. They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. A simple, real question met with a true and honest answer. And in case we missed that the first time round, it happens again. 
Mary turns around and sees who she presumes is the gardener, who asks her, why are you weeping? That same specific question, and again expecting a proper answer. But this time, the gardener, who turns out to be Jesus, follows it up with, who are you looking for? Because it's about the detail. The gardener has seen Mary. He has noticed enough about her, her body language, her demeanour, what she's done, to ask her the detail. A real, real question that expects a proper answer. And again, Mary does that. She says, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And then comes the moment. Jesus says her name, Mary. There is no way to put an intonation on that one word sentence, is there? I can't even really imagine. We've just got it in black and white. And yet, however Jesus said it, at that moment, she recognises him for who he is. If you read many Bible commentaries, this moment is talked about all the time. There are pages and pages written about the moment that Jesus says Mary and she recognises him. But I notice too, and it often gets missed, that she immediately names him back. Rabunai, she says. And this is important because it is a real conversation, not a one-way thing. Both of them are fully engaged with one another at that tomb, fully present. I always imagine them as standing face to face, eye to eye, because there is mutual recognition between them. John's Gospel goes on and only tells us one sentence, really, that Jesus speaks to her before she goes to the disciples, about not holding on to him because he's not yet ascended. But frankly, I've always felt that it feels like there's a bit missing there that's led to that sentence. I think there must have been more than has been written down. And I think the real question of Jesus, combined with the honest answer of Mary, that led to that mutual recognition must have allowed a deep conversation to have taken place. I don't know why John chose not to write it down. Perhaps it was actually just too personal to Mary, not relevant to others. Maybe, actually, Mary didn't go and tell the disciples the details of that part of the conversation. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I have had a really important conversation with someone, I can't speak of it to anyone else because no words I have for it can actually do it justice. It's precious to me and stays in my heart. And so I wonder if what we've got is the public bit, the bit that's relevant to others. But whatever else was said that day, this conversation changed Mary's life. Not just her life, but the life of all the disciples, the life of the early church, and we know that she was active within it. Changed the course of history and still affects our lives even today. 
And so I wonder that if we took this conversation as our model for encounter, if we approached every meeting that we ever had with someone with the sort of deep expectation that happens here, would we ever start with, hi, how are you? Maybe we would choose our words more carefully or pause longer to hear the answer. I wonder, as we set out in the morning, any morning, do we prepare ourselves to hear what people say to us and to take our conversations and our relationships deeper? So do listen out this week and in the future of how you talk to each other, how people talk to you, how you talk to God and how God talks back. When you hear, how are you? Remember Mary Magdalene and how she models a true reply. Deep conversation, openness, because that will always draw us into more relationship with one another with ourselves, and ultimately with God. Amen.